0: amen to that? He's good all the time. He never changes. His character is always the same. His love never fails for the elect. Good to be in the house of the Lord this evening. Good to be gathered together with you. And uh, let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of John, if you would. John chapter 6. Just try and uh, calm myself down a little bit as all men forsake me, and uh, and uh, <laughs> they, they just want to see the pictures. <laughs> I said, I said, just make sure you're not sitting betwe- on the other side of me in the screen because you won't see them anyway. And so, Amen. Well, uh, there's so much to be said. And I'm just praying the Lord will just help me calm my spirit and not to jump in the middle and to share with you what He would have us to say. And uh, just before we read the Scripture, let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. If you're desiring something from the Lord tonight, this isn't just a missions report. This is the presence of the Lord in the midst of His people. Why don't you just make your request known to the Lord as we pray. Wonderful Redeemer the author and the giver of life, the one who is omniscient, omnipotent, all-knowing, that had a redemptive purpose in your thoughts before the foundation of the world. And you are the one that carries it out, O God. You are the one, Father, that brings it to pass. Lord, you have planted, you have watered. Nobody can pluck them out of your hand. Lord, we just want to come tonight not to hear the words of a man about missions. We want you to speak to us about your body. Lord, may you just take complete control of this vessel. Lord, may your word be in a full effect tonight. And Lord, I pray if there's needs here, may the going forth of your word by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, may it meet the needs, not only here, but out over the internet. I know they're streaming in several languages tonight. Lord, I pray that your perfect will would be done. Govern my lips, O God. Speak what you want spoken and let it be silent where you want silence. We commit ourselves to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 John chapter 6, many scriptures that we could read here. It's actually the beginning of a subject that I want to uh, speak on in the future. The Lord willing, certainly don't have time really to preach tonight. But let's start at verse um, 56, if you would. Actually, we'll have to start at verse 53, I'm sorry. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Verse 56, He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, he shall live by me. Verse 60, many therefore of his disciples when they had heard this said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, does this offend you? What is he asking? Does the message of the hour offend you? Does this offend you? He says, what and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Amen. The Lord had his blessing to the word. You may be seated. We often use the phrase, take the book and eat the book. And the book is him. He is the book. And unless you eat him, Jesus says, you have no life in you. It's not an option when He comes to reveal His Word. He does not do it to try and convince us of a higher form of life. He does it that we might have life. He says, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so we realize that when the Word of God comes to the hour, the object is to quicken the elect of the hour. For the elect of every hour are quickened by the message of the hour. So unless you can digest the true spiritual manna, which Jesus says, I am the manna that came down in the wilderness. That was their message under Moses. That was the word for that day, but Jesus wasn't living in Moses' day. He was living in his day. He was the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. And he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And he is the word that has been revealed down through the ages and even down to this time we can say that we are not feeding on a man, but we are feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. And so, because we're feeding, we have life. And if we have not fed, we don't have life. It's it's not an option. Amen? This is not an optional gospel. As we heard this morning, this is not just another church. This is not just another idea. This is not just one flavor on a smorgasbord of Christianity. There is only one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism. Amen, there's one God. There, there's not two, there's not three, there's not a variety. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He did not say being religious would set you free. He did not say being spiritual would set you free. He said, you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. And so we, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to preach tonight. That was it. But I want, to, I want to now take that and show the effect of it in one place, which is the same as the effect of it in each of our lives. All right? It's not something that's unusual for us uh, or different for us. Um, and you've already heard about and different ones have commented on what's happening in Uganda, and we begin to hear about it around December time. And uh, uh, it actually started with an email, or at least me, not the revival, but it, I started hearing about it in an email from Brother Stephen Abali. And he, when he emailed me and he said, uh, The Lord is giving Brother Fred quite a harvest, I will ask him to share it with you. And that was kind of a cryptic email. I didn't know what he meant by that. And so. Then I said I wrote back and I said, "Well, I can't wait to hear." And so then, from Brother Fred, began to come Brother Fred Chingi began to come reports of what God was doing in the country of Uganda. And it soon became very apparent that something very unusual was happening. Not unusual in the fact that people were receiving the Word of the Hour. That's not unusual. The fact that the word of the hour changes lives, that's not unusual. What was unusual was that so many so quickly were coming in and being baptized. And and that in itself, you know, you you could go around Africa and even indeed go around Uganda. Uh, I was sitting down and talking with Brother Stephen when I was in Uganda. And I said, well, you know, if there's been 3,000 baptized just in this move, in this area. I said, how many of you baptized in your church? And uh, he sa- I said, just this year, just 2018, he says, well, I think there's been around 20. I said, all right. And if we extrapolate that amongst the 700 groups that are in Uganda uh, of different sizes, I guess it would not be, uh, it would not be uh, wrong to say that there's been at least another thousand baptisms in the country in general in the established churches. And he said, yeah, that, that would probably be accurate, all right? So just to, I'm just giving you a picture here. And so it's not that souls are coming in. There are souls coming in in the existing churches. There are things happening in the different areas. But as I went to Uganda this trip, and I want to say this very uh, carefully, I realized that I was going probably with the attitude of the men that went to England looking for the Welsh Revival, in that, you know, they went to see something, they went to see what God was doing, and Brother Branham even refers to the Welsh Revival, and how that, you know, it was an unusual happening that drew men overseas. I didn't go to Uganda just with that in mind, I was actually uh, needing to go to Ethiopia, And so, I was going to stop by Uganda, and I asked Brother Fred, Brother Stephen, I said, you know, if it's possible, I I wouldn't mind maybe being in a place where there's new believers, and uh, just to see what God's doing. And my thoughts were, how widespread is this? And how did it begin? And what are the needs? Is it real? Because if it's real, then it's of God. And if it's of God, then it's sovereign. And so I went to Uganda with very much an attitude of reverence and humility. Knowing that it's like approaching something that's very sacred and... Like going and approaching to the Holy of Holies. Because if this is the Lord, I want to be very sensitive and appreciative of what God is doing. It's not just a bunch of, and I I say this respectfully, it's not just a bunch of fantastic and a bunch of excitement. It's not just numbers. It's not just, uh, you know, oh, isn't this wonderful? No, it's, this is a move. Of the Creator of heavens and earth, and I began to think how God must love His bride, and how must how God must love those people in Uganda, and how He desired to minister. Because I began to hear that over 135 churches had been affected, not message churches, other churches. Over 3,000 had been baptized. As a matter of fact, next week, Brother Stephen Abali is going to a place where they expect a thousand more people will be gathered that have not yet heard the message. And so, these are all things that are happening, and we want to be reverent and respectful to what God will do it, is doing. And I will say this, coming back from Uganda, I will never be the same. I want you to know it's had that kind of an impact on my life. I will never look at denominational people in the same way as I have looked in the past, particularly Pentecostal people, because I came out from Pentecostal people. And I know how much that they have, at least my peers, had rejected this message. But yet I found a people that were open to the truth. And that meant a lot to me. You know, I I began to think of the woman at the well and how that a lot of people looked on her and thought she has no hope. But when God looked at her, he saw something different. And so to me, it it meant, uh, it meant a whole lot. You know, when Brother Branham said, God can do a lot through one man that's totally surrendered to him, I learned a little bit more what that means. And uh, as I begin to m- see what's happening and, and meet some of the, I knew some of the key players, but to see how God was using them. Brother Branham says in a message, he talks about revival in the message, trying to do God a service without it being His will. I think Brother Tom quoted from that message this morning. He said, he said God is sovereign. He says, first, we want to understand that. The people today are wondering why we can't have a revival. He says, you believe God's sovereign? See, the Bible speaks this way. He says, as I was discussing with a group of my fine brothers, Baptist brethren, not long ago, he said, Brother Branham, we can only have a revival when we take the word, word by word, page by page, letter by letter. And I said, I believe too, page by page. I said, they've been trying to do that all along. And he And the other fellow begins to say, "But we must find the Greek interpretation, and so forth, and Brother Brown says, "Well, that's what they've been trying to do on down through the ages, and it hasn't produced very much. I'm just paraphrasing to save some time. He says, "And all of the word is inspired." And Jesus said, I thank thee, Father, that thou hast hid these things from the eyes of the wise and prudent and revealed to babes such as will learn. It's a revelation of him." as i said last evening we'll reveal it to babes so i said i won't it won't work sir a revival will never come until god the sovereign god sends it and then he might take up a little nitwit that can't even sign his name and this you'll see this principle repeat in uganda and do it with it that knows not even good english let alone the greek And that's what he'd done in the time when Peter preached at Pentecost. You know, he couldn't even sign his name, ignorant and unlearned. But God does things in such a strange way to our intellectual thinking. That makes it God. If he'd got a bunch of theologians and dignitaries and so forth, and they'd say, you know, that smart Caiaphas he has it just right. But God went down and got fishermen that couldn't even sign their name. And that's what he took. That's God. Brother Biskel mentioned that this morning. Would I be one that could leave my nets and follow him? He says, that's what he took. That's God. He takes something that's nothing and makes something out of it to his own honor. He took a chaos and and made an Eden. It's God. And he says now, and I really, just follow along with me as I go through this as kind of a preliminary here. He says, now if there's anybody that's got the mechanics for a revival, it's our noble brother, Billy Graham. But the mechanics is all right, but the mechanics won't move it. It takes the dynamics to move it. Then he talks about an automobile. He says, so in the Welsh revival, one of our late revivals before our Pentecostal, no one knowed what started the revival, just a bunch of people. And I'll, I'll say, that's what I found in Uganda. You couldn't pin down, this started it. It just began to happen. And he, said, and he talks about um, Billy Graham. He says, get our friend Billy Graham will get everybody together, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Pentecostals, everybody, go into a city, and they'll have a gathering of thousands and 30,000. will come in two weeks and give their hearts to Christ and go back, and you can't find one. That's mechanics. He says, but let God in His sovereign grace Just speak to some little nitwit, as so to say, a little nobody. Let his spirit fall into a city and men can't go to work. Women can't wash dishes. The maid can't make the bed. Screaming and crying with their hands up in the air. He says, that's revival. That's in the will of God. He says, that's sovereign. That's what God does. And he alone has a right to send a revival, not get the mechanics together, it's pray for God to send the dynamics. God has a way of doing things that's beyond our understanding, and and you're going to see some things and hear some things tonight that will uh, cause you to rejoice. It causes us to rejoice. It's not the Ugandan bride, it's the body of Jesus Christ. There's no black, white, yellow, brown, whatever color people are. That doesn't make no difference to God. That's just His bouquet of color. Every soul is worth 10,000 worlds. And every brother and sister in Christ is just as important as you and I. And we thank God for each and every one of them. So to get us started, I want to just say, I was very thankful to have Brother Mark with us over there. He, uh, I asked him to come and, and do the the spade work, so to speak, do the uh, uh, recording, video, pictures, all that sort of thing, and came home, and, uh, and then he came home, actually, while I went to Ethiopia, and, uh, and then he um, uh, put together a little video, so I'd asked Brother Mark, I said, why don't you just get up and take five minutes, or ten minutes, not longer than ten minutes, and uh, uh, just say what your impressions were of what you saw over there and then introduce your video. Come on, Brother Mark.
1: God bless you. <coughs> Let's uh, <coughs> excuse me. Let's go ahead and have the video ready and we'll start it right away when I'm done here. Um, Brother Tim, just for the record, you did say uh, that I could say whatever I wanted. Right? Okay. Within 10 minutes. So that is a challenge, uh, considering what we just saw and heard. 10 minutes, you know, is, doesn't, that's what we've got. So we'll do our best with it. Um, and I know that it wasn't just, uh, us, that there were a lot of people here that supported and sent us, and I just owe some thanks. I thank Brother Tim for bringing me, and, uh, for the chance to see some things that you might never, have never seen before and may never see again in a lifetime, and to bring it back to you. And uh, the confidence that he showed in me, which I take very seriously, and Tim has very, very good advice when you ask him, but he never uh, imposed anything on me. He just had confidence, and that actually um, (coughs) inspired me and humbled me to make sure I was doing everything correctly. So that was a wise way of handling it, and I appreciate it, and the ministry here also. Uh, And the people who prayed, and I know you're out there because I, I felt it, and those who actually sent texts, and one of the advantages of an international congregation is I've never been to Africa, but we have people here who have been there, and Sisters Fortune and Precious gave me some coaching on how to handle a continent I'd never been to before, (laughs) <laughs> and the text that would come in once in a while. And Sister Sharon Gindo, who was in Israel at the same time, and I was about to go out into some uh, wild areas, and Brother Tim had left to, to Ethiopia by them. And here comes the text. She's in Israel. I'm at the Wailing Wall, and I'm praying for you. So <laughs> that'll do something for you. That'll do something for you. I, I'm in places I've never been. With people I've only met yesterday, and I can't even quite, I'm still trying to get their names right, you know, when they're taking me from place to place. So that, those kinds of things help. So now, what happened? Uh, I was at a graduation yesterday for my son, Ben. And I was just watching the graduates and thinking back in my mind what kind of a, a day that was for me. And there's moments in life that are pivotal, that are landmark, And uh, for a graduate, you see them coming. And so you have all this time to prepare. Now, there are also things that come surprisingly, unexpectedly. And you haven't had a lot of time to prepare. And when those things come upon you, then the challenge is to recognize the magnitude of what's happening while it's happening. Now, that's that's a little bit different. That, I think, is a little bit the situation we were in. What are we in the middle of to catch the magnitude of it at the time? So, we saw things that we don't usually see in the message, because this is a gleaning age, and we expect ones or twos, but we don't expect thousands, (laughs) and I have not seen it. I've not even heard of it. I've never heard of it on that scale in the message. You go back to the Billy Sunday days or the, the Finney days for those kind of revivals, but we don't see that in the message. It may go on. I don't know. That it may. That this may be it. We don't know. We're in the middle of it. What's ahead, we don't know, but we know that what we have just seen, I've never seen before, and Uh, I've been on the mission field a little bit, not as much as Brother Tim, but starting trips back in the 1980s, I've been on the mission field and have some kind of idea what to expect. So your expectations just totally get blown away. Um, Have you ever been driving along with all your your thoughts for the day and uh, you come across an accident scene on the highway? It's unexpected, and there's cars, and there's chaos, and maybe people standing around, and smoke, and sirens, and what do you do? You slow down. What, what happened here? Okay? But what if you come to that scene, and you're the first person there? That's a little different. And, and what if you realize you're the first person there? what happens to your plans for the day at that moment right what happens to you had all these things you figured out you're going to do this you got to make an appointment you've got to do this and that all of a sudden something comes right into your path that changes all your plans i have a responsibility to do something here there's people who might be hurt i've got to call somebody i've got to stop i've got to get out i've got to see what's going on can i help and you, everything you had planned just leaves your mind. Hmm. As we were planning for the trip, I was uh, in Walmart uh, shopping for a few items, and uh, little ways away from me, I heard a, a noise, and there was an elderly lady in a walker. And at that moment, she had lost her balance and fell right over backwards and hit her head. And that changed my attitude instantly. And you want to rush over. What happened? Can we help? You know, uh, there are a few people closer than me, but I thought about that a little bit after. And that kind of came back to me as we were on this trip, that situation. If you go through Uganda today and visit the places we visited, uh, I would describe it as kind of like a war zone. And and Tim used the words what do you call it, a spiritual, uh, a spiritual war broke out. And it's a war zone. And in a war zone, it's kind of chaotic. Now, it's a good war because there, there's great things happening, but it has the chaos of a war. And uh, Brother Fred, who you'll see some pictures of, you know, he, I asked him, he said, there's probably 30 groups without a building right now, 30 that have been excommunicated from their churches, and they are meeting under trees or in whatever house they can find that's big enough to get them. Um, If you are going to blindfold yourself and throw a dart and say, I want to hit a need in Uganda in this revival. Anywhere you threw the dart, you would hit a need. It's everywhere. I just made a little list here. They need translations. They don't have very many. Um, If they had translations on the message hub, they don't have many devices to read them on. If they wanted paper translations, they don't have much capability to print, okay? Uh, They need message books. Every place I went, they were saying, we need teachers to come and teach us more about this message. They need gifted people. They need church-age books in their language. How do you even start understanding the message without the church age book? And fortunately, that's coming very soon in L- Lugandan. So that's a need. Um, Bibles. I was actually humbled. I was at a little service in era, and uh, Brother Tim was preaching and called for the scripture, and the, the people stood up. And I looked around, and nobody was looking up the scripture. So I asked the brother in the back, why don't they look up the scripture? And he says, brother, these people don't have Bibles. What will that do to you? He says, they can get them here, but they're cheap and they fall apart. So they just, a lot of times, they just don't have them. And uh, so I went home to my living room, not very big living room, and looked around and we got a bookshelf. And a couple of coffee tables there, and I counted 28 Bibles in that room in our house. And by the time I went down to my office, I was up to 42. <laughs> you mentioned the Welsh Revival. I, I was actually reading a little bit about that this morning. And before the Welsh Revival, it's little known, but there was a couple of brothers sometime before that went through and provided bibles to the people (laughs) they sowed the land with bibles and translations in the language that the people could read and then after that the revival came through i never knew that till this morning it's how the lord does things so buildings they need buildings Uh, i mentioned uh to some of the brothers we have these great biographies of brother bannam's life now of course they don't have that there And uh, we have a possibility to bring some of those, and they'd love them. It would do them good, just about any need. Um, One of the pastors I was driving with, he said something that made me have a question. I thought, well, I'll ask it, since I'm here. And uh, he said, no, a lot of the times the people don't have enough food, natural food. (laughs) So pick your need. Where do you want to start? So this is like a war zone, but the Lord is doing great things. So Brother Tim went off to Ethiopia, and I went off to see some other churches, and these were actually the places where a lot of the baptisms had taken place. And uh, so I was that's when I was on my own, Sister Sharon. So. And um, I know when you go to a, a foreign country, you better have something in your pocket because they'll ask you to say something. Well, I gave that away early. I did a a service for Brother Tim early because they were wearing him out. They were having him preach two or two times a day from the time we landed, and he was losing his voice. So I used my little thought I had, and then we have these other meetings coming, and I got in with Brother Fred and his van and, and his team. By the way, I need to thank them too uh, if they ever get a hold of this. I have great respect for Brother Fred and all the young men, brothers and sisters, that work with him. It's just a fabulous team Um, but I'm there to take pictures I'm not there to preach but these young men that are technical they just take all my cameras and they take my recording devices and they say no 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 these people want to hear you we'll take care of the uh the picture taking and and the recording and all that so you ever try to write notes on a bumpy road I don't mean just bumpy I mean this this is Grand Canyon type of (laughs) bumpy you know on the back of a napkin, you know, that's, you know, you don't get a nice quiet study. Oh, and by the way, you know, these people have been there since this morning, you know, and we're getting there at six at night. They've been there since this morning. Someone's coming from America that knows more about this message, the land that the message came from. So, accident scene, right? You're showing up and you have a responsibility. So I just, I had to speak to them from my heart and they were uh, happy to receive that. Happy enough that, you know, you could start with maybe five minutes and it expands into an hour and a half. So that's what kind of an audience they were in some of these places. Wasn't, wasn't difficult, wasn't difficult for any of us because here so much has been invested in us in a church like this. You know, and you can just stand up and testify for an hour, and everything you say is fresh to them. So it's not, not difficult. So, um, but the humble things, and uh, this one little building that was could hardly be called a building even. It was just poles with a tarp over it, and Brother Tim spoke there. And uh, as we got to some of the last meetings, I thought, you know, these, these people are Pentecostals. And I've had, uh, maybe in the, in the message ranks, an unusual background in that I have so much background in Pentecost, 30 years, really. And having gone through their schools and sat under their best teachers, I know uh, accurately what Pentecost is and what it's about. Well, they're fresh out of that. On top of that, I've got 20 years in the message. So that's been on my heart over the years. Where would that ever be of use? There's not many people who are in that situation, and I've never given that part of my testimony, other parts, but not that part. So at that last little meeting, it was such a humble little church, I gave my testimony 30 years in the Pentecostal church. And I say I know where you're coming from, But I also know where you're going. I'm qualified to give you a comparison accurately of both sides of it. And they appreciated that, and uh, they've asked for the recording, and I sent it over there. I don't know where it'll go now. But isn't that just like the Lord? You know, you can have something on your heart for years and not know what it's for. And this was the farthest out place. This is out in the jungle, really that we had to push the car out at least once because it was high-centering on the, you can't even hardly call it a road, a trail, <laughs> to get there. And there's no electricity, of course, no water. In the church, it's dark because there's no lights. And it's hot because it's mud brick walls with a, a metal roof. That's a, an oven, by definition, in the daytime. <laughs> And I said, why don't we have the service outside? They said, oh, no, no, it's, it's, it'll rain. It rains every day. And when it rains, it will might rain for five minutes, but you'll be wet. <laughs> rains really hard. Sure enough, we got into the service and it started raining. So we gave it in there. But my testimony was given in there. But I just thought, wow, what isn't that like the Lord that all this background that the Lord's given me over the years and I'm way out here in the jungle and these humble people that I can't even hardly see. It's so dark in there. And I'm giving this testimony here to them away from far away from any of the power centers of Pentecost and people you think, Oh boy, they would need to hear this. No, these humble people, this was for them. That's what the Lord does. And it's humbling to me that he would send me way over there to do that. So um, we are, Tim and I, I guess he said, we're there in sort of in an exploratory way. But we know from the Bible that what the Lord does is he sends out people such as Joshua and Caleb as witnesses to the rest of the group. And he did the same thing with Paul and Barnabas. They went out, they came back to Antioch, and they reported. And what I gained was a tremendous sense of responsibility that the Lord has dropped this in our lap. We have to do something. We are the first ones to the accident scene. We're the first ones. We can't pass it off on someone else. We have to do something. And so I take that personally. And now with my smile, I say, I've delivered it to you as one of the witnesses that the Lord sent. This is our responsibility. Everyone that that, uh, cooperates with this ministry and with Bible believers and everything we're about. We don't know why we're a part of it. We don't choose those things. The Lord chooses that. But we're here. And we are at the scene. And uh, the little video we have there, I hope it it helps. Uh, It's hard to put all of this into five minutes of video. But we'll let you see that and give you a flavor. I wish I could take all of you over there. Boy, but we can't. (laughs) So we'll we'll just do our best to show you what is going going on in Uganda, an idea of what the future holds, and what we can do right now. Do you have the video? Video. Yep. Okay. Let's go ahead and run it. All right. God bless you.
2: Kasazi Jackson. I'm Kasazi Jackson. I'm from Mairentinda. I come from My church is called Goshen Church. I want to take this opportunity to thank Pastor Chiinji who brought us this wonderful gospel and baptized us in the name of Jesus Christ. He showed us the truth and he showed us the way to the life.
3: I was so amazing for the revival which is going on. I was so happy with it. So I was so touched and I was so blessed I had to come immediately right away. I was a Catholic, I was not and I'd been baptized in the Catholic way. So I believed and I was baptized again. And ever since I was baptized again, my life is changed.
2: I'm Pastor Kada from Yiganga. I thank God for the baptism I was baptized in by Pastor Chiinji. And my life was changed. And my church was also changed.
3: And I thank God for William, William, Be-beham. Marion Branham. I thank him. May God bless him. you. How
2: many of you love your pastor? I'm Pastor Mattia Bethelas from Uganda. I pastor a church Deliverance Life Center. called Deliverance Life Center. Et- Life. I accepted Jesus. I accepted in the midnight <laughs> and I was baptized in the midnight. <laughs> <laughs>
4: But, but ever
3: since they rebaptized me, now I understand the Bible. So I read it and I understand it. <speaking in> he <Bible> brought to us the good news <speaking in> the <Bible> that have made us so
4: happy.
2: Pastor Dennis Mugabe, God is God, I pastor a church called God is Good, I was baptized in the name of Jesus, truly I was lost with the whole church. They chased
3: us away from there. They said they no longer want to be with us. We will never regret. <laughs> we
2: will never regret. We
3: could have regretted if we didn't know where
2: we are going. But
3: we have the word of life. Ever since I was baptized again, uh, my life changed a lot. I was a drunkard my life has changed I thank God that now I'm even married I thank God that even this year we are going to have a baby (laughs) because of us so So I thank God for the things that he has brought to us. the good message Uh, because when I got saved I had so many demons disturbing me so many witchcrafts around me I was HIV positive but now that Lord has healed me after believing.
0: That's the strangest thing she ever heard. And she says, You don't have anything to draw with. He says, The water that I give you
4: will be a river springing up out of your And you'll never thirst
0: again?
4: I've to accept that voice.
2: We love you people of Galvadale. We love you Bible believers. God bless you. And all who are behind who were behind this sending Brother Tim and Brother Mark. May the Lord bless you, Richie. And Pastor change your friend We love you. Pray for the revival. Amen. And pray for my heritage. Shalom. Shalom.
0: Amen. You can put the slides up now. Did you enjoy that? Amen. That's just a taste. That's just a taste. That's like eating a little snack before supper. You know, just there's just so much there. But uh, I'm going to just take you through a little bit, a little bit more detail. And uh, I'm sure the video woke you up. And here we are, Uganda 2018. For those of you that are from Canada or South Canada, this is Africa, and this is Uganda, and uh, so it's in the middle of a continent you've probably never heard of or never been to. Uh, how many? Where's the young people that were there in 2013? Uh, how many were there? Just put your hand up, or well, none of you are there. Okay, there we are. So no such a Sharon was there. It was a great time, and God was really using that those beginnings to really connect us with Uganda in the country. Uh, this is the country itself, surrounded by a number of countries like Kenya. Congo is there, Rwanda's to the south, and I'm just going to bring us up to speed here. So we landed uh, in Kampala, actually in Entebbe, just south of Kampala there, uh, on uh, um, Thursday night at 11.30 at night. The young people that were with us in 2013 remember that trip. You get in late at night, and then you get to your hotel. Well, we, uh, we actually uh, got in there, and by the time we got up to our destination, Iganga, that's about a three-hour drive, so we're in the hotel at about three in the morning. I've been, I'm due in the pulpit at 11 o'clock that morning. So needless to say, we hit the ground running, and the first day we had uh, two ministers' meetings back-to-back. With uh, these are message ministers, established message ministers, they are uh, uh, one of the reasons that we are one of the things we wanted to accomplish in Uganda was not just to see what was happening with the revival, but to gather information amongst uh, the ministry and amongst the bride that's already established because there's seven hundred groups of the message in Uganda, about thirty thousand believers and so it's, Uganda also happens to be one of the poorest countries in the world. It's actually the 19th poorest country in the world this year, uh, which is a decline for them. They used to be 27th poorest. Uh, their, their per person uh, GDP, gross domestic product, is about $600. To give you an idea, uh, in Canada, the gross domestic product per person is about 42000 in United States, it's about fifty-seven thousand. Okay, so Uganda is about six hundred. That's how much the country produces per person. Unfortunately, uh, one of the to add insult to injury, so to speak, Uganda is also one of the most corrupt countries in the world, as rated by uh, the sites that rated. Out of one hundred and seventy-six nations that are rated, they're one hundred fifty-first. They're right down at the bottom of the list. Uh, at uh, They get a a ranking of 25 out of 100 for corruption. Canada is, uh, our our ranking is 82 out of 100. And South Canada is 74 out of 100. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, USA. And uh, so, you know, it's not a very uh, easy place to live for the believers. It's not that they even have much options uh, or that they themselves are poor. The country is poor. The the economics are poor. Brother Branham talks about poor economics in places like Mexico and so forth. So we we went there and met with the ministers. Had two two meetings that day, and that was the beginning of our our trip into uh, Uganda. And so we we staged out of Iganga, which is the other end of that green line there from Kampala, and uh, from there uh, we made the trip back to the main meeting. Uh, with the new believers, which is in the town of Sita, just outside of Kampala. And that's about a two hour drive back, the other direction that we just came from. And so you've seen the video uh, of this meeting. I had talked to Brother Fred and Brother Stephen, and I said, You know, it'd be, I said, it'd be nice to see some of the new believers. They said, Well, maybe we can gather a few together. And I said, Okay, well, We don't want to make a big thing out of it, but maybe you can bring a few of them together in one location, and we can have a meeting. And so they did, and they were expecting or looking for about 500, and they got about 2,000, all right, and more that wanted to come. And these are just new believers. These are not existing believers. And so in the meeting, you know, they, they started out, they had a little bit of room around the altar, and, but as more and more people kept showing up, they st- started passing out chairs, bringing more chairs in, filling up all the space around the altar, putting mats down, putting children on mats, filling up every uh, nook and cranny, so to speak, of, the, of their church compound, everywhere was full of people. And Brother Mark had the privilege of just kind of walking around with the camera and, and taking shots of different angles of the crowd and, and how that uh, they were... Uh, cramming the people in, shoehorning them in, as Brother Biscoe would say. Uh, one of the things I appreciate about Brother Fred and his church is that, that they're obviously very good at organizing. This is their choir, their youth choir. That uh, You can see they're all dressed the same. They're all dressed very nicely. And, and uh, you know, maybe in our own selves, you know, we might think as message believers it's not that important to have a uniform or something. But brother, uh, but the Lord made Brother Fred in such a way that would have an impact amongst the pentecostals and you know god makes a man for the purpose i'm going to say more about brother fred as we go along which you'll understand but uh, his people were just, his young people were right there involved musically everything just like our young people and they were just very much a part of what was going on uh here we see more of the crowd from the back uh, I don't even know what angles we're looking at here. It's just shots all over the place, people all over the place, tents all over the place. Uh, To your left here, I think this is where they had seated about uh, 100 ministers that came. These are ministers that have recently embraced the message and have recently been baptized. Praise be to God. And so, just a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere. Uh, Any one of these preachers would have loved to preach to this crowd. This was, this was a service, and, and we just had a wonderful time. No time limit. Uh, they were kind of wore out from the day. And, uh, and you know what? They'd never heard anything I'd ever preached before. <laughs> so I, I could just push my notes aside <laughs> and just go to it. And, and the Lord just uh, gave us a wonderful time with them, uh, uh, helping them to maybe just take a little step closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, seemed to be very much impactful as they received the word. And you know what? They're no different than the rest of us believers. They got children that'll fall asleep too. (laughs) And so, you know, they didn't have pews to put them under. But uh, there they were stretched out on the ground, wore out from the day's activity. At the end of the day, we had uh, uh, ministers or meetings with the ministers, a meeting with the minister, ministers. That had recently come into the message. They shared with us, and we shared with them. They shared with us what they came from, what the word meant to them, and as well as what their needs are now that they have been kicked out of the denomination. Brother Mark mentioned some of the needs. I'll go into it more in detail in a little bit. But uh, these are all men that individually, Brother Mark interviewed and we'll, we'll actually have a, a list, not necessarily a lengthy interview of each one, but a, a greeting and a, and a, about 13 minutes of video that we'll be putting up on the website so you can go through and, and listen to these brothers and hear their appreciation for the word that you've known for a long time. And it has really impacted their lives. So here we are just the second day uh, in Uganda and already thousands of believers were just We're just caught up. Uh, I wouldn't call it necessarily an accident scene. I don't believe it was an accident, but I understand what you meant, Brother Mark. We're just caught up in the situation, and God is doing some wonderful things. On the way back from this, uh, i got to share a testimony with you. On the way back from this meeting, we stopped in to visit a brother that I've known for years. His name is Brother Samson Lobogo, and he is here. Uh, Brother Sampson was in a very serious car accident not too long ago, about three to four months ago. It shattered his leg, his, his left leg, his left arm, and his left collarbone were shattered in a very serious car accident. Now, you might say, uh, this man is a minister, and you might say, well, how, how, how could God uh, just allow him to go through? Everything happens for a purpose. But uh, as he was sharing the testimony with us, he was riding in a taxi. His own car had been in the shop for repairs. And he was actually riding in a, one of their taxis that, you know, they fit as many people in. There was 15 people in the taxi. Sister Sharon, you remember those vehicles? And they were going down the road. The taxi was literally run over by a truck. He's the only one that lived out of 15 people. And so as much as his, his left side was shattered, his life was spared. And I, I told him, I said, God's not finished with you yet. I said, God has a work for you to do. Come out. So I just thought I'd share that with you, how God miraculously spared our brother's life. So from Iganga, then, the next day we went to Jinja, which is Brother Stephen of Bally's church. And uh, there Brother Mark uh, uh, sang for us. And we uh, appreciated his music, and I don't think the people there realized how musical Brother Mark is. He's a man of many talents. And uh, uh, he even learned a little bit about driving in Uganda. And you know, He's a professional driver, but those people drive. And uh, I think my body still feels sore from the roads there in Uganda. We went places at speeds you would not want to go in, in vehicles you would not want to be sitting in. Uh, feeling uh, potholes that you would not even want to see. But we drove through them, and uh, even when I talk about it, I can feel that bone-jarring experience. But we appreciate them watching over us. We appreciate the Lord watching over us. This is Brother Stephen of Bally in his church. Brother Mark singing, and and I'm just sitting in the background waiting my turn. This is the congregation there in the church, and those young people that were there in 2013 will remember that. I'm just moving through here to get to some points. From, uh, from there then, we went and visited a little place, and this is where now I'd preach six services in three days, and, and I'm not Brother Tom. I'm not used to preaching hard like he is, and, uh, and so my voice was starting to weaken, and I had already arranged on Monday, let's take Monday off. Let's go to Mayugi and visit Brother Elijah's church where he's building a new church. Uh, but I says, I don't want to speak. Well, that doesn't always work too well. And, uh, and they had already arranged that the congregation would be gathered. And I told Brother, I told Brother Stephen, I says, we, I, can't, I can't do it. I says, I can't keep up this pace or I'm going to lose my voice. And he said, well, what about Brother Mark? I said, sure. Let's, let's let Brother Mark... <laughs> Let's let Brother Mark take the service. <laughs> Didn't take long to think about that one. <laughs> and, uh, and he did a good job. He did a good job. And uh, so we, uh, he had brought a wonderful thought on the, on the prodigal son and uh, enjoyed it. And so there in Mayugi, uh, this is the congregation in the building they have in a, a middle of the week daytime service. And Brother Mark, there speaking to the congregation, but they're also building a building that seats about 500 people. And so it's a slow process. Whatever little funds they've been able to raise, Brother Joe Green from uh, North Carolina, I think it is, is helping them there with that. And uh, they're ready to put the roof on the building. Amen. So now comes the the, I'll say the meat of the trip, or to me the climax of the trip, because Uh, you know, we're really there just kind of feeling our way through. I know what it is to travel, go preach, have meetings, you know, all of those kind of things. But this is an unusual time. And so we went from Iganga all the way up to Chimaga. And that's in Canada or United States, not a far trip. But in Uganda, that's a long trip. And, uh... This is a place that actually you you may remember the name, you probably don't, but Chimaga, which we would say Chimaga, is a place where we built uh, a church for a group that had recently come into the message last year. And it's actually reported in the November 2017 Believer's Faith Challenge Report And there's a couple of articles on the website about this church. And when we talked about it, and I talked about it last October 15th, I actually went back to the service last year to see what I said, because we didn't realize it at that time, which was the beginning of October. It was just after I left Uganda last year in September and came home And then this church, this whole group came into the message and a sister group, which I'll talk about in just a moment. And not realizing it at that time, but we were rejoicing because 60 people had been baptized at once. I don't know if you remember me saying that last year. And we were rejoicing and we were happy. But we didn't realize this was the beginning of the revival. And so looking back now and talking with the brothers, we were right in the middle of it and we didn't know it. And it was unfolding right around us or right right before our eyes, so to speak, and and we were helping and we were involved. And what had happened in that church, if you remember, the pastor had heard the radio broadcast. And Brother Fred Chinji is the voice of Brother Branham in Uganda, all right? So... So now the pieces how God arranges this is so sovereign. And he brings a piece from here and a piece from here and a piece from here and all of a sudden you have an explosion. And what happens is the pastor gets a hold of the word and they they're playing Hebrews chapter 3 on the radio. And he and he and he wants to learn more and so he calls brother Fred. And so then he goes to visit brother Stephen. And then uh, brother Stephen a Bally. And then right at this time Brother Fred goes down sick. He's a diabetic, and he ends up in the hospital, actually on his deathbed. They don't know if he's going to live or not. And I sent some funds over to help with the hospital expenses, and I just thought, oh, Lord, we can't lose this man. He's, his voice is just perfect for the radio in that country, and, and everything is just perfect. Not realizing God was preparing a man for the work. I remember I read the quote where Brother Bram says, God will take a little nitwit. It's not that Brother Fred's a little nitwit. But what he is, he was a man that was on his deathbed. That they didn't expect to live. And God raised him up for the purpose of carrying the word to this revival. That's how God operates. He makes something out of nothing. When it looked like that man was going to go, God says, no, no, I have something for him to do. And God uses him and anoints him for the purpose. All right, so we 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 go up here to meet in Shimaga, which is the beginning of the revival that spreads across this kind of area here, approximately. So this is the area in Uganda where the churches are being impacted. Because to the west of it here is, a, is another language, and to the north is another language. But this is the area that speaks Lugandan, where the radio broadcast is in the Lugandan language. All right, and, and now I'm, uh, I'll just leave that there for a moment. So we arrive here, Brother Mark will remember this, this was a miserable day. Just a miserable day, rain and wet and it's it's the beginning of the rainy season over there and're fortunately the road the dirt is quite sandy or we'd have been up to our axles in mud and uh, and so we're we're driving down this road and and coming to the church and and it's taken us longer than we thought because of traffic and because of weather and so it's getting later than it should have been, and they're all waiting now in the shelter that we have uh, that the believers have provided funds for this particular shelter. It's, it's kind of a prototype for, for what could be done in the country uh, amongst the, the needy groups. And so uh, here they are, about 150 of them under the shelter here. You can see the tarp sheltering it from the direction the wind's blowing and the rain's blowing in. And there we had a wonderful service with the believers there. That people were so grateful to you for the provision of this shelter for their lives. Not, not nice four walls like this or not nice, uh, uh, how should we say, pews like this or whatever. They're just sitting on common wooden benches, maybe like the old Bible Way house had little benches and you know little things that they're just, they're just primitive, primitive. But I'll tell you what, they were so thrilled to have the light of the hour. And they were so thankful for the provision of believers around the world that it helped them to build this shelter. And so God has provided that place for them, and I was just thrilled to stand there and dedicate it with them to the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we had a wonderful service together. It was one service. So that that kind of drug on a little bit. Uh, I'm saying this all for a reason because this was kind of a... This was, this was a day that changed my life because we went from there um, to the sister group that came in at the same time and uh, they're in a place called Mayugi, if I say that right. I think I'm close. Majira or Mayugi? Majira. Thank you. I get those two makes that right. Majira. Menyugi is Brother Elijah's place. Uh, Majira. And, uh, and so just down the road, about 20 kilometers, and, but the day's getting late. And so I thought, the weather's been miserable. And the day's late. There probably won't be anybody there. And we'll just... Uh, so I said to Brother Stephen, well, we'll go by anyway. See if anybody's there. We'll have a word of prayer with them. You know, we'll, just, we'll just have a, a little time together. And we, we just left without eating and just head over to the, this next location. And this is their shelter. And uh, not much to speak of, but they love the Lord. Old tarps that are torn and shredded from wind, leaking, leaking. Uh, The floor is muddy. I remember getting back to the hotel that night, scraping the mud off my shoes and all of that. But I'll tell you what, for the experience we had here, I would have stood in my knees in mud, up to my knees in mud, to have this experience. It was just a wonderful, wonderful time. Not much shelter there. But you know, something special happened, and I'll just describe it. Uh, I I don't think we need to necessarily show anymore. But at the end of the service, the weather began to clear up. I I didn't really notice that much myself, but the 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 sky began to clear up and everything. And the people were really um, enjoying the the ministry of the word. And and about three quarters of the way through the service, I was maybe about 15 minutes from closing. And I, I noticed that some of the people, there was one particular brother who had been in the meetings in several places. I was kind of watching him, uh, and he was a man that was very instrumental in taking Brother Fred around to some of these churches and introducing the message. His name is Brother Don, and uh, a fine brother, and uh, not I don't even know if he's been baptized himself. But he's, he's been used of God to take Brother Fred to many of these places. And I watched him in, in different services, but in this particular service about halfway through, it seemed like the presence of the Lord came upon him. And he just began to enter in a, in a way that I had never seen him enter in before. And I just began to enjoy the Lord moving upon his life and how it looked like God was opening his eyes to the revelation of the word of the hour. It was a wonderful thing to behold and, and uh, to see taking place right in front. Of so I was continuing to preaching and the people were enjoying the word. This is where Brother Mark said they didn't have Bibles to turn to the scriptures. And, uh, and then about three quarters, another 15 minutes, about 15 minutes left in, in what I was going to say. And, and I, all of a sudden I noticed the brothers start to stand up. And I thought it was really strange because it was getting towards dark and uh, and so the, I was preaching, and it was like the brothers were began to stand in front of me with their cameras, and and I thought, well, maybe they want me to close, and I said, are, are you, is everything all right? Do you, are you need me to close? And and no, no, no. They said, keep preaching, and I, I'm like, this is the strangest thing I ever experienced. And so they everybody snapping pictures and everything like that, and 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 then i then I sat down finally, after another fifteen minutes or so of preaching and and sat down and and I thought this was really strange and I sat down beside brother stephen he says he says, "You didn't notice, but he says, "Let me go back here uh, oh, that's already there okay he but out the back of the church behind me, there was a little break in the clouds, and the sun shone through. And a rainbow appeared. And so as the people looked at me, directly behind me was a rainbow. And, and I, I didn't know anything about it. See, I'm a typical preacher that I thought they were looking at me. <laughs> but they weren't looking at me. They were looking at the sign of the covenant. They were looking at, at, at the rainbow behind me. And, uh, and so I thought, how perfect can you get that's the way it is when you're preaching. You don't want the people to be looking at you. They you want them to be looking for the covenant angel. Amen, the one that 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 reveals himself in the seven colors of the rainbow and and so it was just kind of a special night and and uh, there were many things that that were said and many things that were done amongst the brethren uh of which, you know, are not that important in themselves. But I'll just say it this way. It meant something very special to these people. Not only that we came, but at the end of a very miserable day, in potentially a very miserable location, the presence of God came down, and the people saw, to them, a visible sign of God's grace in their lives. And that was just so... Wonderfully special. And I said, you know, if you'd have had a nice church with nice walls like this, you'd have never seen the rainbow. It took that kind of a humble gathering to have that kind of experience. And many times, you know, we appreciate all the nice things that we have. But sometimes we have it so nice and so easy we can miss and go right over the top of something simple that God is doing. So that was kind of the climax of the trip for me. It was, the whole trip was wonderful. But then we had to take, at the end of the day, in the dark, uh, from uh, Majira down around to Michiana. Michiana is the town where Brother Basabozia is from. And he's moved his family back to Michiana, although they weren't there at that time because his wife is due, was due any day with a child. And so she had gone to Kampala to be near, nearer to uh, medical care uh, and proper um, uh, maternity care uh, for the birth of the child that was imminent, which, by the way, they have now had the child. And they had their third daughter, and she came much later. She actually just came yesterday, I think or the day before, yesterday, I can't remember, but uh, uh, I told him, I said, well, I said I was going to tell you it was a girl because it was late, and, uh, but sure enough, it was a girl, and uh, she was late, and so, uh, but God bless Brother Bustabosey's sister, uh, Rebecca and the family there, they now have three girls, and I'm sure he'll be writing you, Brother Bisco, telling you how spiritual he is to have three girls, <laughs> amen. So we overnighted in Michiana, no meetings there, praise the Lord, just kind of a waypoint on the way to the end of the journey, which is on to Kassisi. And in Kassisi, we had meetings lined up there with believers, established believers uh, in the western part of the country. They had ministers' meetings there. They were expecting about 60 ministers, ended up, the word kept spreading and spreading, ended up with about 120 ministers coming to the minister's meetings there. We had a wonderful time with the brothers, two meetings on that day, and uh, just gearing down for the last day in, uh, in, for me in Uganda. And there, uh, we just had a wonderful time with them. Uh, for the young people that are here, we also met some of the people that we previously knew. This is Brother Seriano, Uh, Some of you will remember him from uh, Mbarabara, Mbararar, something like that, and uh, a little bit south of Kisi. This is the widow of the former pastor, which the young people helped to help build her house. And those of you that provided for her, she's doing well. The children, as you can see, are growing up, and everything's fine. So God bless you for all of your... Uh, efforts and support. There in Kassisi, if you recognize this uh, face on the right, that's Brother Basabosi with us there in Kassisi. And he traveled with us to the minister's meetings and, and the meetings there in Kassisi. And there the brothers are getting allotments of message books and uh, to take home to their home churches. Brother James Navanabandi is the pastor there in Kassisi. And uh, Brother Basabosi is actually... Having moved back to Uganda has already been a great help in Uganda. He uh, he has helped them there in Kasisi area because they have very poor internet. And uh, it's not common to have internet personally. Usually they still have to go to internet cafes. But they've done a lot of translation. And so the language spoken here is Runya Katara. And... Uh, And so they needed to upload their translations into the message hub. And Brother Basabozzi is experienced in that. So he's able now in Uganda to help them both in Runya Katara and in the Luganda language to upload their translations into the message hub. And as of actually today, Runya Katara is now available on the website that language is now there. I think there's six messages so far have been uploaded, and they're able to be downloaded and printed at this time. So praise the Lord. That's another language that's available on the message hub. I could mention it uh, doesn't have anything to do with Ethiopia, but we also just added the Twi language from the Ghanaian, from the country of Ghana in Africa. Thanks to uh, Brother Kobas and his laborers. You know, on the message hub, I appreciate everybody. That works in all the different languages. Brother Kobus has has helped to design a proofreading program. Uh, Brother Hugh has worked in the German language. Others of you have worked in in different languages. Brother Ellie's working in the uh, uh, Kenya Rwanda language. Did I say it right? I said it right. And uh, all of these languages, it's more than just one person. It's many, many people supplying to the body of Jesus Christ. And so we just added the Twi language, thanks to Brother Kobus. And his, he's in contact with some brothers in Ghana, and they've uploaded a couple of Twi translations, and that's available now. So the number has grown to 77 languages on the message hub. Praise the Lord. That's, we're getting the message out. Are you still with me? All right. I don't want to... Uh, wear you out but this is the only service we're going to cover this and I'm actually not going to spend time really in Ethiopia we're just going to stay in Uganda. So uh, Brother Bus uh, helping us he actually uh, because the next day after the general meeting I said to him I said you know we have to go immediately after the general service and drive back to Kampala because it's about an eight-hour drive and uh, because I have to be ready to take the plane the next day to Ethiopia, he said, but I have to meet with the translator. I said, well, you're going to, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to meet during the service with the translator. And then because immediately after service, and he did that, and they diligently got the ball rolling in their language. And so now it's available. And uh, there are laborers in the field all over the place where God's using them to help the people in their language and so when you support something like the message hub or translation work or or something in Uganda you know that's going to assist these brothers to help these people where the word is reaching out and having an impact in lives praise be to God and so that's, that's all wonderful so the next day after the ministers meetings everybody starts showing up for the general meeting whatever way they can get there they get there and uh, preparations have to be made. There you go, sisters. And they're, they're cooking for the, for the general, uh, after the end of the general meeting, the cooking's going on, the rice is being prepared, and we had just a wonderful service packed wall to wall with people and outside the walls. You know, you, you look at these faces here, and now that I've been there a few times, I see, I recognize the faces. And you don't know these brothers, but that first brother there on your right, that's actually brother Elijah Diogo from Mayugi. Next to him is brother Seriano there, sitting there with their Bibles. These are mighty Gentile warriors who are taking the word to their people. I, I could spend a whole service talking about one of their lives and their outreach and their effort and the souls that they've won to the kingdom of God, just one of these men. And they're sitting out there on the side steps, humbly, just uh, drinking in the Word of God. Uh, There, we see the back of the church, some of the sisters, the overflow, looking in at the windows, whatever way that they can partake of the service. The place is just overflowing, but God is moving. Not just in the building, but outside the building. We see the brothers just at the end of the service, just rejoicing. I hope you've got the sound volume. Up there, and and uh, you know, when they hear the word and it has an impact in their lives, they love to rejoice in the word of God. Amen. I think we love the word as much. We're just not as liberated as they are. (laughs) So from there, we have to go back. It was uh, was hard to go back. Honestly, I could have stayed. I was there for a long time in Ethiopia too, but there was something about the atmosphere. There was something about being where God was doing something sovereign. And in an unusual way. And the spirit of God that had gripped the place and had just brought things together. Words like surreal were on the lips of the brothers. Words like um, phenomenal, these are on their lips. And, uh, you know, they, they viewed the meetings when we were there. We don't count ourselves as anything. They viewed the meetings as climax meetings to what God was doing. And I pray it's not the climax. I pray it go further. And it'll be richer, and it'll be more wonderful, and, and we'll see more souls won into the kingdom of God. And, and, and so I went to the, to the hotel by the airport to stay overnight. Brother Mark then himself stayed a couple of days to get a little bit more information and, and pictures. And uh, Brother Mark went up to Kasatu, and uh, there uh, was with the people there. And there, these are just new believers again in the city of Kasatu, and had meetings there. And from there, went on up to Iganga, which is where we started. So now he's back to the original beginning. And in Iganga, there's a church that has just recently come into the message of the hour, quite a large church. And so these people have all been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, or at least mostly all of them. And so God is moving in a mighty way amongst them. And then, as Brother Mark already said, he went over to Manafwa, and uh it was kind of in the way in the outbacks of the uh trip there, and you're getting over towards the border of Kenya, and uh they had a wonderful time as you heard from him. And I just want to say God uses everybody that that is ready to be used there. They they hire vehicles, they the musicians, where's brother Ryan throws the keyboard in there and uh you know just uh, whatever they can do to support the work of the Lord, the singers come along, and uh, they've come a long ways, and they're happy and joyful, and they sing, and they create an atmosphere. It's all a part of the revival. And they, it might be very, very simple and very, very uh, humble, but the mighty God of creation has chosen to visit amongst these people. And he's pleased to be amongst them. And it's time, as Brother Mark learned, time to say goodbye. You meet new friends, people that you trust that you'll meet again at the marriage Supper of the Lamb. But yet there's, there's much more work to be done. Brother Mark kind of mentioned a few things here, but I'm going to just go through it. I'm just going to say something here. Our time is up. But now let me just say something. God sovereignly connected us with Uganda beginning in 2013. Sometimes you don't know why things happen. Why Uganda? Why why did God put it on somebody's heart to help translation and, and get a radio broadcast going? Why, why did it happen in that country? Why not somewhere else? You know, we could go back further and say, well, part of it was uh, Brother Kim Dingwall and his connection with Brother Harold Hildebrandt, who really is a patriarch in Uganda. Brother Harold Hildebrandt sowed a lot of the seed that is coming to fruition in that country and took Brother Kim with him on trips many, many years ago. I wouldn't even want to say how old Brother Kim is and it was just a long time ago, and, uh, and it left an impact to his life and introduced him to people there and the work of God there. And then in 2013, Brother Kim, in, in dealing with the students, felt led to take the students over there. I didn't actually want to go, uh, but it worked out because of my connection with Brother Busabose, and he was getting married and different things. worked out that I went on the trip, and, and uh, I don't know that I added anything to the trip, but it was just something that I was there. And so, uh, from that sprang a relationship, and I, I guess in my case, a reestablished a re- relationship with Brother Stephen and Bally, whom I've known since 1988. Brother Tom has known him from the same time, really, probably from the same meetings, and uh, just a wonderful jewel of a brother, and uh, one of the original uh, believers in that country. That began to sow a lot of these churches in his early ministry and a lot of the outreach. And we actually took video of Brother Ibali's testimony. And we're going to put that on the website eventually when we get it edited and that sort of, sort of thing. So so I said all of that to say God connected us with Uganda. We began a radio broadcast. In the beginning it was very rudimentary. Brother Fred Kiinji was there, and he had the right voice to be the voice of Brother Branham on the radio, because you need a certain voice to be on the radio, and uh, it had an impact in the country, and then we heard of one getting saved, and we heard of another getting saved, we heard of another getting saved, and we thought, well, that's wonderful. If it's all for one soul, it's worth it, and then we heard of a, a group, and, and uh, where Brother Mark... Uh, preached in Mayugi, he can testify, they're very easy people to preach to. That was where I went and preached a few years ago, and the reason I go back every year is because God did something special and, and brought in a couple churches in those meetings. And, and so all of these things happen. And so you're connected. The connection is there. The relationship is established. The confidence is there. And and you have confidence in a brother like Stephen and Valley. You have confidence in a brother like Fred Chiengier. And you see that they're stable, that they're not flighty, that they're not, they're not easily excitable. And then all of a sudden you see spontaneously something begin to happen. And churches and hundreds and hundreds gets to thousands and thousands. And, and, and Pentecostal ideas begin to become subject to the Word of God. And people begin to be influenced by the truth, and lives begin to be transformed, and people begin to gain access to a liberating gospel. And things begin to uh, move in such an unusual way. The Spirit of God, as Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are Spirit. And they are... it wasn't that the people didn't believe in the Spirit. It wasn't that the people didn't believe in God or believe in the supernatural. It wasn't that they didn't have prayer lines and didn't believe in healing the sick and all of those. They didn't believe in miracles. They believed in miracles. That wasn't the point. But what they needed was the word that God had spoken for this age. And when the word that came forth from the mouthpiece of God reached those people through God's servants, then all of a sudden transformations begin to take place, and people begin to leave their roots, which is not an easy thing, to have ministers to leave uh, denominational support, and leave uh, support that they, they relied on to live, and leave their buildings that they had built up, and leave their properties, all for one reason, because they saw the truth. No different than the woman at the well that dropped her water pot and ran into the city and said, come see a man that's told me all things. Is this not the very Messiah? And this message is the very Messiah. And so to see the reality of what is taking place there causes me to realize God has connected this church and and the missions work of this church under Brother Biscoe's vision of Bible believers has connected us with that country for this time. Listen, it's no different than over in the Philippines, when we worked in the Philippines. It's no different than China, when doors open there. It's no different in Ethiopia. Wherever it is, God opens the door, and all we can do is step through it. We realize, okay, there's nobody else that's placed like we are placed to do this work. And so we're confronted with a lot of needs, and... If God will help us, we're going to take up those needs. Somebody say amen. I told the, you'll be interested in this, I told the brothers, the minister brothers, because the minister brothers all know what the needs are. And I said, you know, we gave them a survey form. Fill out the survey form. Tell us, you know, what you have so we can see where you're at. And ask them how many tapes they have, how many books they have. You got transportation, that sort of thing. And so, uh, but then I said to them at the very end, I said, now... I says, we tell the people that God will heal you if you believe. Amen? All things are possible to them that believe. So I will tell you as ministers, God will provide for you if you believe. How many of you believe? And I believe that God's moving in Uganda at this time, and I believe that God would have us to do what we can for Uganda. We're not going to take up an offering tonight so everybody can relax. All right? But I want you to know that there is now a project for Uganda. And it's going to take probably two to $300,000 to meet this need. And I believe my God is that big. And so I'm going to go through this. One of the things they need is individual message books. Both English and translated books. Uh, they also need large books, church age books. Um, they need seven seals books. They need Hebrew series books. I, I was surprised to get there and find out they have none. What they had, they've used. There's nothing left for the people that are just coming into the message. And so it's very, they're very needy there. Uh, print stations. We, we established a few print stations in 2013 in different parts of the country, uh, but They need print stations to print individual messages and tracks. And so uh, these are all things that are very needed in the country. They need audio messages of Brother Branham. You know, we 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 can download Brother Branham's voice and play it on our phones or play it on our iPads or our iPods or our computers or our tablets or whatever more. We have access to so much, but they have so little. And, but God has already established an MP3 player. Brother Bustabose worked on a pilot project for the last couple of years to find an MP3 player that was sturdy, and at $40 apiece, we can give them the entire message. And so uh, that's already in place. The, the supply chain is already established, and so that's something that we're going to be moving forward with. Outreach expenses. These brothers are poor, poor, poor. Poor. Brother Bally, Brother Fred, I've told them we're going to help you with your expenses to travel into these different areas and meet with these different people for the near-term future while we can, while the Holy Spirit is moving, you must get to the people. No sense waiting till you have money. You know, if, if, if it's there, you know, whatever we can help them with, it, it might just be a few hundred dollars a month. It's actually going to be about $1,000 each a month is what it's going to take to get them. Brother, as I said already, Brother Stephen is traveling to a place next week where there's going to be 1,000 people gathered. I would not want to be responsible for him not being able to get there. Amen? These are all needs. Brother Mark mentioned there's about 30 places of worship that are needed, and we've we've already. And I'm just going to tell you the numbers. All right, you can pray about it. You can, and this isn't just for you here. This goes out over the internet. Uh, there's 30 places of worship. We figure we can erect temporary places of worship that are reasonably sturdy for about four five hundred dollars a piece, and that's what it's going to take for for each average place of worship. And so you be praying about that, that God will provide, I believe God will. God is going to provide. Matter of fact, I, this is so supernatural now that I've been there, I, I'm even tempted not even to tell you these things and just say, God's going to provide them anyway. But I have to tell you these things because it enables you to be a part of it. You know, that, that's part of the blessing, is it, not to... God to provide some rich multi-billionaire that has deep pockets and dump a million dollars on it, that's not the answer. The answer is what God lays on each individual's heart. Now, I remember years ago when I spoke at camp about missions, and you'll, you'll remember this if you were there, I'm going to close soon. But uh, uh, I was going to camp and I, was, I knew I was going to take this one morning service on on missions and... And I stopped at the gas station to get some gas and I saw the lottery sign there. I think 649 or 749 or whatever it is, the lottery tickets and it said jackpot 5 million dollars. And I thought, "Lord, you know what numbers are the winning numbers for that jackpot." <laughs> I thought, "You could tell me and I could use that money for missions." <laughs> I, and then I thought, but I know you won't, but my question was, why won't you? That was my question. Why won't you let me fill in the numbers, take the ticket, and take the $5 million? And so I got to thinking about it. I'm driving out to camp, and I'm still thinking about it. It's going over in my mind. And my mind went to a, young, uh, a younger brother that was in an accident. And himself, He was. Uh, I know he wouldn't mind me telling you this, but his name is Jeff Suker, and he's from Ohio. And he's, he was in an automobile accident at a young age, and he, and he struggles to get by. But every once in a while, he sends me an offering. He says, Brother Tim, I, cl- I went out and collected some cans and collected some stuff, and I recycled it, and I got $15. He says, And I want you to use it for missions. And, and I was so struck by that. And then a little while later, I get another letter. Brother Tim, how are you doing? You know, this is what's happening. And, you know, this is, this is I, I was doing this. And, you know, I made $20. And so I thought I'd send it to missions. And I know he himself could use the money. And, and so as I begin to think about him, the, it seemed like the Lord spoke to me and said, if I gave you those winning lottery numbers, then he wouldn't give his $20. And then where would his reward be? See, it's not in the millionaires. God's giving you an opportunity to have a reward. And so, as you pray about these things, and not just here, out over the internet, let me just say, God's going to do something. And I believe it with all my heart for these people in Uganda. I don't know why, I don't know how we ended up connected like this, but we are, and I'm going to see it through with all my strength. There's ministers that need transportation. That's an ongoing need. They need motorcycles. Uh, in that country, uh, unfortunately, scooters would get lost in the first pothole. And uh, so they actually need motorcycles. And uh, the Lord will provide for them what they have need of. One of the things we're glad to say is that already we have just ordered 5,000 Lugandan church-age books to be shipped from China into Uganda. And these are paid for by a brother in Germany. I don't know if he wants me to mention his name, but uh, uh, they have supplied the funds already. And we have already ordered 5,000 Lugandan church-age books to meet the needs of the people in that country. Praise be to God. The brothers have told me we need 1,000 English ones, and uh, we need seven seals next, and different things. And I said, well, let's get the church-age books first, and then we'll move on piece by piece, getting them all into place. So remember these brothers. Brother Fred, Chienji, Brother Stephen, and Bally. When Brother Stephen first told me about it and about what God was doing, and the news began to get out, and, and partly because we publicized it, and people began to, around different places of the world, particularly North America, uh, offer their assistance to the revival. I said to Brother Stephen, I said, I said, you don't need North American brothers or any brothers. I says you've got mature ministry in your country to handle this sort of thing. I said God has prepared you, brothers. Like Brother Biskel told me when I first moved here, senior ministry is not just age; it's a maturity to a ministry. And, and so, it, as, he, uh, as I thought about these brothers, particularly Brother Stephen, and there's a lot in the background that I could say, but I'll just say it this way. I knew that God had prepared men to carry the labor going forward. And so, pray for these brothers on whose shoulders rest the work. They're not the only ministers. They've got young ministers around them that are assisting them. Brother Steve and Brother Fred, both of them wonderful brothers. But just last year this was Brother Fred. That's his wife crying there in the ambulance beside him as he lays there unconscious. They didn't know if he was going to raise up. But God wasn't finished with him yet. Just exactly at this time was when the brother from Chimaga was calling saying, come teach us about this message. That was the beginning of the revival. Our God is an awesome God. God has men that will take the word. Brother Branham said, you say." Well, glory to God, the Bible said when the Holy Ghost has come, you don't need any teacher. He's the teacher himself. Oh, brother, how can you be so little from reading the scripture? Why did the Holy Ghost set teachers in the church then? Say, I don't have to have anybody teach me. The Holy Ghost teaches me. It does through a teacher. He sets teachers in the church. See, it's not just good enough to give them the books. Amen? Amen. God raises up ministry to take the Word and show them how to apply the Word. He said, are all teachers, are all apostles, are all gifts of healing. The Holy Ghost set these things in the church. He operates them all. And each one of them operates orderly. Amen. As the musicians come. There's a, there's a great thing happening in Uganda, and I'm sorry, I feel like tonight I did not do it service, did not do it justice to express to you what's really happening. It's so beyond human description, and it is a revival. And I'll say it this way, Brother Brown says, when a revival springs up, you don't know where it springs from. That's exactly what happened. We can pinpoint when it started. how it went from here to there and there and over there and who was the brother and what was I can can look back to an ambulance and say this brother was the one that was going to carry most of the load I was impressed with brother Fred and the way he dealt with those ministers and the way he dealt with those services and there he was laying in the ambulance when it was beginning I say our God is a mighty God he does what he wants to do It's beyond the imagination of man. And it's beyond any of us message preachers. And I'll just say this. Over here in North America trying to figure it out, all I can say is if I can somehow be a help to those brothers, that's exactly what I want to be. May God anoint them with a double portion as they go forward in the power of his resurrection, in the light of this end time message, to take this gospel to those poor denominational people. I think Brother Tom has ministered on it lately. That vision that Brother Branham had where where, where he said he saw those people behind bars and, 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 and they were denominational people. And someone said to Brother Branham, You misunderstand those people. I'll say I've been guilty of misunderstanding those people but i don't have the power brother fred brother stephen don't have the power but we stand with brother brown who said in the name of jesus christ bars of hell give way to the name of jesus christ and may those denominational bars that have held those people be broken and may those people be loosed Not only in Uganda, but wherever God will send this mighty word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you love him? Why did he do it this way? That no flesh should glory in his presence. That's about all I can say. God takes a man who was dying and raises him up and sends him out with the anointed word of the hour to the places that that word has not gone yet. To loose people that needed loosing. And you heard, saw the testimonies in the video, and there'll be more to come. Watch the website. There'll be more videos. There'll be more updates, all of those kind of things, just to show you the great things that God is doing to loose your brothers and sisters, and He's the same right here in Cloverdale as He is over there in Uganda. Amen. Let's stand together. Amen. The blood will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. Aren't you glad for that? It gives me strength from day to day. And it will never, ever lose its power. The blood that Jesus
4: shed.
0: bow our heads together one of you just play for me amazing grace it's amazing grace you saw tonight I remember the testimony that came out of Chimaga in the beginning of the revival we didn't know it was the beginning of a great revival in those meetings there were prostitutes that came to the Lord Jesus Christ there were police officers that came to the Lord Jesus Christ. There was drunkards that were delivered. There was mighty powers of God that were poured in and people were restored to their right mind. It was God beginning to move in a powerful, powerful way. And that mighty God is here tonight. It's not just a revival in Chemega or in the central part of Uganda. You saw the saints in Kasisi in the western part, different language. They were in a word revival. They were loving the word as it was becoming open to them. One of the elder brothers stood up at the end of the meetings and said, this week the Bible has become a new book to me. God was moving through even the established believers. It's God in his sovereignty moving and dealing with lives. Maybe you're here tonight and you're, you're feeling cold and dry and you just want to say, Lord, include me in your revival. Lord, revive my soul. Stir me, oh God, revive my heart. And make me what you want me to be. Maybe you feel spiritually like Brother Fred laying there in the ambulance. You feel like you could go at any time, but God's able to raise you up. He's able to send forth His Spirit into your life even right now and make you into something you never even dreamed you could be. Brother Fred's testimony was he never even thought. He thought his life was over. He thought he'd never recover. But God had another plan for him. And God has a plan for you individually. Why don't you just allow God to just come by your way right now? The same God, it's it's not subject to a certain type of a service, but you can just make a decision now, Lord, I'm yours. Just give your heart to him right now and say, God, I surrender myself to you. I give myself to you. I want you to take the preeminence. You know my situation. You can fix my situation. doesn't matter what your walk in life is. He's here to meet your needs. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we stand in your presence tonight, Lord, Oh God, words have failed me to express. Really, it's something that the carnal mind cannot comprehend, what you are doing in this late hour. A sweep, an awakening, 135 churches, thousands of souls, bars of hell being broken, giving way to the name of Jesus Christ. Using the simplest of men, established ministers like Brother Stephen and Brother Fred and all the young men that are around him, Lord, reaching out to these people. Go with them, O God. They might even feel tired from all of the labors. Strengthen them even now, Lord. Pour in virtue right now, Lord. As Brother Fred said at the end of the video, remember me and my health. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that diabetes will become nothing to him oh god lord may you loose him and set him free restore his pancreas or whatever it is oh god lord i pray that you'll just pour in heavenly virtue there father we're asking is your believing children we're standing behind them with our prayers it's not our country you've raised up men in that country you're sending them forth and we say lord we stand with them in our prayers we stand with them in any way that we can. If it's with our substance, we give you our substance, Lord. Bless it for your glory. We ask, oh God, that when we get on the other side, may it be accounted to the glory of the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, everyone that's in your divine presence tonight, Lord, may they know that the God of all creation has come by their way tonight. Father, if there be any sick person here, Lord, even now, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ that that sickness would give way to the name of Jesus Christ. If there's anybody bound in their minds, if there's anybody suffering from some kind of affliction with their peace or joy or anything, Lord, may you restore it to them, Father. Give them that quickening that they need. Lord, only comes from you. doesn't come from this world or the pleasures of this world. Or This world has nothing to offer. But Lord, in you is everything we have need of. May your spirit go to each one tonight. Maybe someone out on the internet will be stirred and, and encouraged by what they heard tonight. I commit all to you, Father, and I commit this cause to you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. be the name of the Lord how we love him don't you love him tonight aren't you glad for what he's doing aren't you glad to be a part of what God's doing like brother Mark said I wish I could take you all there but God you know there was a couple young brothers that even wanted to come and were unable to come God just had it work out just exactly right but if God ever allows you to be a part of that I pray You know, you'll make a trip like that. But that's not what's important. The same God that's over there is the same God that's here. That's what's important. Be the revival where you are. Take it home with you. You're a part of that revival. Take it to work with you. Take it to school with you. Take it along with you. You are a part of what's happening there. May God bless you. Thank you for being patient with me tonight. Honestly, I feel like I just didn't do it justice. Take what I said and multiply it many fold. And there you'll get a feeling of what God's doing over in that country. God bless you. Pray for your brothers and sisters. They're praying for you. And when Brother Fred said at the end of the video, Cloverdale Bible Way, we love you. Thank you. They mean it from the depths of their hearts. God bless you. The service is dismissed. In Jesus' name.
5: before you leave tonight uh, uh, usually uh, usually the way God does things is uh, somebody has some vision and then God steps in and does something and then then it's put on our uh, on our shoulders but now God has already done something So we've just seen and heard what what he is doing, and I think it would be, uh, I think we would fail in our calling if we didn't step up to the plate. And so I I just want to say, we're just going to start. If Brother Daniel is here, Brother Michael, uh, we'll just uh, begin. Project Uganda and then when God moves on you or steps on you or uh, permits you to do something towards that whether whether it's smaller or larger it doesn't make any difference but uh, all of these needs which were presented on the screen tonight we can't just sit back and we don't want to just sit back So we'd want to, and I just mentioned to Brother Tom, I think we ought to just start Project Uganda and uh, take a step forward. Are you all in agreement? Amen. God bless you. And then you can give as you see fit. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.